Okay, welcome back. First of all, just for the Marisayan, if Yaakov is not here next Monday, he's marrying off his last daughter and he's not doing a Mzhenka. Just that. That's my first Chazara of Chukasayim. Still getting a lot of Chukasayim Shailas. Next year we're going to have Chazara and all the Kibbutz Avain, so don't worry about it. So, I don't know, did you clear that with the Machutin? They're okay with that? You discussed with them already? You didn't discuss it yet. Uh, it has nothing to do with, uh, depends what they picked up. You might have to well, talk to they, the band. What were they? They, they still have them. Uh, that's true. It means really for you anyway. That's, that's correct. Okay. So uh, I will, we will have Shir Mitzvah Shem, and I will uh, be trying to make to the chuppah maybe the second dance. So we, uh, but if he's not here, you should be Chedshevich Shem. The second Chuk Sam, before we go back to the Kibbutz of Aim, this has nothing to do with December, even though most of our Chuk Sam Shailas have. We have a Shaila from Tzuriel. He said one of their community members uh, and made a kiddish for the pinning of a community member as a nurse. I know a couple of nurses. I never heard of a pinning ceremony. Doctor? I'm not a nurse. You're not a nurse. Okay. <laughs> never heard of it. Okay. Apparently this is uh, pretty widespread. You want to know is there a chukka same issue? What he found out was that the ceremony, according to what he uh, copy and paste it over here. It's rich with symbolism. The history can be traced all the way back to the Crusades in the 12th century. Knights of the Order of the Hospital of St. John tended to the injured and infirm crusaders. Kind of hard to feel bad for them, but um, that's a different... Yeah, it's hard to, hard to kill all those people. Okay, but well, we won't get into any politics over here. But the monks were, uh, were tending to the... Um, they probably would say they're just following orders or something like that. But the monks were tending to them and... When new monks were initiated into the order, they vowed to serve these six soldiers in a ceremony. Each monk was given a cross. The first badge is given to those who would nurse the four patients. And they pinned it to them. And then the modern ceremony dates back to 1860s when Florence Nightingale uh, was awarded the Red Cross. And it was in recognition for her title of service. And she shared it with her excellent and brightest graduates. And by 1916, the practice of pinning new graduates was standard throughout the U.S. Pinning new graduates, I guess, for nursing school. They don't pin the doctors, right? As you just said? Okay. They wouldn't want to deflate them, what? They put a cape over you. They put a cape, okay. The cape was one of the first things we discussed in Chukasem, if you remember. The, we, had, we had late Rishanim or Leachrenim saying that's not Chukasem, it's just a shingle to say they're doctors. Anyway, it's mutter. I told them it's mutter. And uh, if you uh, want to make a kiddush that you graduated... Uh, that's also fine. The reason is mutter is not a religious ceremony. The fact that it's done by monks to save crusaders, both of which are very fanatically religious, doesn't mean it's a religious ceremony. It has to be inscribed in their uh, code of um, law as part of a religious ceremony. Not everything religious people do becomes also the same. Unless you hold like the guy that we even answer at Varshtus, and I don't even think that would play a role there either, because I don't think it's a Tvarshtus. Soldiers, officers, they have metal bars, they have ribbons, that all societies had things on uniforms to show a status or a rank or something like that. I don't think that's a Tvarshtus. I think it's pretty widespread. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Dovinamela had it for his officers, although I can't picture Yayev in stars or bars. But... I don't think it's a Dvarashtus. I don't think it's inherently princess, obviously. I don't think it has any religion. The fact that monks happen to be doing it, or happen to think of it, wouldn't necessarily answer it. So I think it is mutter. 
And that's what I told him, interesting uh, angle. And I wonder why, I guess, since Florence Nightingale and the monks were doing it in their nursing duties, they kept it up with nurses as opposed to other, other people. Uh, they uh, graduates, uh, West Point graduates, or well, they're already officers, privates, get any, they don't have any emblem on it. There's nothing, nothing on there. <coughs> West Point graduates, get pinned with something? Do we have any West Point graduates here? What? They're, they're officers as soon as they graduate and they get something. They don't get pinned, but they have something on their, uh, on their shoulder. On their, okay. Anyway, I think it's mutter, and uh, not everything that's achshash with the same is but it's certainly a good question. Fascinating Shailun, Hilchas Kibbutz Aim, Nogea to the Parsha. And we'll mention this, and then we'll go back to our medical sugya. I saw that Zilberstein brings down a Shailun that was asked to. Rab Chaim. And the Shaila was as follows. See, we were just discussing this uh, uh, tangentially. It wasn't uh, the exact Shaila. But the Shaila over here was that somebody was Nifter and just Nifter, and then he had a grandson. That was the Shaila we were discussing. And it sounds like it was very close. It was fresh. I don't know it was the day of. She was asking me what happens if Rahman Aslan, the father's an Ainan, makes the brochus. Here, it was fresh. I know it was fresh, I don't know how recent, because the Almana was still very out of sorts. And they came to her with the idea that they wanted to name the new baby after the nifter. So she, this is unusual, she asked that they not, because she said whenever she hears the name, she's going to cry. So she asked him out to the cause of Tsar. Very unusual, but this was the Shaila. It was a real Shaila. So they asked Rab Chaim, well, it's considered a mark of covet to name after a father. So that's covet of the father, and here we have covet of the mother, who's an Almona also. What goes first? So we actually have enough information from a few months ago to answer this question. And that is that, yes, two parents who are alive, the cover of the father goes ahead of the cover of the mother because remember that Pesach Chuvi limited it possibly to only the official job description, most Akronim say it applies to everything. Here, he quotes the Nadabihuda who says clearly that cover of Chaim always goes before cover of Mason, which case the mother would win over here. And then he says that it's clear from many Makaris that the chiv or the iser to make sure that you're not being mitzar is stronger than the chiv of kavod. One of his rayas, which we had already, is that even according to the shittas that hold, you don't have to mechabed a father who's a rasha, which is the ramah. The shach is quick to point out in that ramah that you can't be mitzar. So even putting aside the nedbiyudis chiddush that kavod hachayim goes will kavod ramesim. Some hachayim agree, some don't agree. He said, over here, she's saying she's going to be Bitsar. And your question is, should you listen to that or be Mechab at the father? So he said, you have to listen to the mother. What's interesting, we, we mentioned this last week. Uh, I raised the question, why is it that Benjamin married all ten children after what allegedly might have happened to Yosef? We know this because Rashi brings down when he met Yosef. Yes, he was catching up, and he said, I'm married, I have ten children, what are the names? And Mupim, Mupim, lists all the names. He says, that's unusual, what are these names all about? And he told him, every single one was after my, talking to the viceroy, who's his 
brother who ended up didn't know that yet. And he said, everything has happened. He missed my chuppan, I missed his chuppan. He was uh, kidnapped and he was this and he was... Went through the whole possible story. Didn't know exactly what happened. And picture the scene. All the grandchildren are living in the same compound with Yaakov Inu. And every 20 seconds... Benjamin's Rebetzin is saying, okay, Mupim, come in for dinner. Chupim, you got to go to sleep now. And he keeps, every time he wants to forget about the tragedy, he keeps getting reminded. Why was that not a gross violation of Kibbut Avain? Kibbut Avain, in this case. They're causing, Yaakov is trying to forget. They stomach the Kasha, the Gezevers, the Mesas, and the Shakem, and I'll leave after a year. Why didn't Yaakov, I didn't realize he wasn't dead from the fact that it was many years and he didn't forget yet. So they say that he did realize and now he thought he was captured, wounded, and was worse or assimilated. He had bigger fears. He wasn't here and he was worried about Gehenna and not bringing the shift they call to their complete role in Klai Yisrael and he was missing. That didn't help matters. What certainly Lachari wouldn't have helped matters is every time he wants to take his mind off it and think of something else, he hears the name of a grandson that's named after this terrible tragedy. It was already a few years later. Yes, it was, but still. So why, but why remind him? Uh, ten, ten kids around you, you hear the name every, every uh, minute so the answer is that's what I'm getting to the answer is is that if you'd ask Yaakov Avinu it's my conjecture if you ask Yaakov Avinu faced with the one of two possibilities nobody should talk about it at all or we should talk about it and it might carry with it some tsar of being reminded perhaps too much every time it's time for dinner Yaakov Avinu would have said in Binyamin understood this that he'll have more comfort that we're not forgetting about the whole thing. Which is, I think, the take that most people have except the lady in the story, I'm not judging her, is that of course we want the name, we want to remember the person, even though if it's fresh it might cause sar. So this Amanam was um, telling you that might might be true by other people. I'm telling you I'm gonna have tsar. I don't want it. It's interesting that even Abinyamin assumed and assumed correctly with Abinyamin Chazal criticizing him that this would give the father more comfort and most people assume that when you name me after anybody who was just Nifter. Over here, the Almada said no and Rukhaim says you got to listen to the Almada. Even though it's not Pekavitik for the father but the father's not going to get the name. A fascinating, uh, fascinating insight and unusual scenario. Okay, last week we began the Sugya which uh, unfortunately is also not gay. We say, unfortunately, if you have to get medical treatment, uh, I'd say fortunate if the parents are old enough, 117, 118, 119, where all they need is a B12 shot, and the child is who administers it. So this could be good if you consider the alternative. What medical procedures can be done by a child? Under what circumstances? So quick hazar, we had... Machlekes, Beis Yosef and the Bach had to learn the Rishayinan. Beis Yosef learned the Rif and the Rosh hold that children should never do it unless it's Sakhan Safashis and nobody else. Otherwise, even if the parent is Batsar, you wait till somebody else comes. And the Torah quotes the Ramam, and the Bach says it seems to be assuming that the other Rishayinan do agree with this that if there's somebody else just as easily and timely and maybe as cheap, get somebody else. And if there is nobody else and the parent's going to be Batsar, then you could do it yourself, and it would be a mitzvah to do it yourself. And the Machalik is the Machaber, the Amal, the Machaber just quotes the din, the child can't do it. And the Amal says, when there's somebody else available, if not, then it's going to be a long wait, then you could do it yourself. 
Now we're going to begin three tshuvas that are all brought down the same place. The Gesher Chaim Avelis has a whole parak on these shayas that come up before Avelis, trying to prevent Avelis. And he has a tshuva that he wrote and he sent out to contemporary Gedalim and asked for their response. And printed over here is his original tshuva. And two of the responses, we're going to do part of it, part of his tshuva, part of the response of Herzog, and part of the response of Shlomo Zalman. And there are some interesting angles in Chidushim here, one of which consultation with the physicians here in the Shir. And uh, we discussed it, and we're going to discuss it again during the Shir. We don't have the exact shot on what they're referring to, and you'll see what I mean when we get started. Let's see page one, the Geshe Chaim, Zrikus Laave. And he's going to focus now on shots. Zrikus could be a shot, it could be putting up a, setting up an IV line, which is. Uh, more complicated, and he actually discusses leeches, which we're not going to do inside, but that's... Who's the Yeah, it's Geshe who was a big uh, Pesach in Yerushalayim. At the same time, Shlomo Zama was much younger, Herzog was there, other Pesachim as well, and that's why we're going to see uh, the various angles, and when he wrote the truth, he wrote his opinion, he sent it to uh, the other Pesachim, he wanted their input. It is a serious Shaila. Because the Machaber, as Rosh Hashanah will point out, not just for Svaradim, but certainly for Svaradim, the Machaber doesn't have any clues. He just says he can't do it unless it's a kind of the They're right in the Shuvah, I guess, for Ashkenazim, but Rosh Hashanah is going to point out, don't be quick to be makel over here because it might be a Machlaikis. Zrika la'av ve'em. Neshalti mechavish mumcha tamachacham. I was asked by a chavish, a chavish is a Hatzalah member. And he was a Tamachacham himself. Mother needs constant care. He knows how to do it. We're talking about Yushalayim, circa whatever this was, 1930s, 40s, and nobody had any money. Keep that in mind. Does that play a role here in the Shaila? Well, even according to the moth, if somebody else to do it, the son or daughter are not allowed to do it. And again, the Mechaber might hold, even if uh, there isn't somebody else, they have to wait. To drain it, even though they're doing what is considered pretty standard medical procedure, pretty simple, taking out a splinter, draining uh, pus out of a, out of a wound. What can happen already? So they might cut too much. No one's going to die. They might cut too much, and the Gemara says that we have a gezeira or a chumra or a mitzchasidus in place not to do it lachatchila. Shafti sheshesadil lehetem gimel stadim. Is that three angles lahakom aleph? Kol stam chavala here sheitzed dam lachutz chavala. By definition, it's either the blood comes out of the skin or shenitzer hadam tachasa or venira chaber bechutz or the blood came out of the capillaries and trapped under the skin. Uh, we mentioned in a few different contexts in Brismila and Hilcha Shabbos, Chaznish holds the definition of Chaval is the same in Kol Kula. It's important over here. He says, Hilcha Shabbos, the Chiyamisa, to give a Chaval to a parent on purpose. And Brismila, when you have to do a Tavazdam, is all the same. So he argues in Hilcha Brismila, an interesting Kula, he says, why do you have to draw blood, even a tiny drop? 
And Hilchis Shabbos and Hilchis Gibravim, if you take a pin and you rub against it and there's red underneath, that means blood came out of the capillaries already. The fact that it's trapped in the skin is irrelevant. And that's a Chabura in Hilchis Shabbos, Zachiyah Misa, and with the Molochah Sikh Gufa. And Hilchis Gibravim, if it's not the maze, it's Zachiyah Misa. So why do you have to draw blood by Bez It's the same thing. And many others argued, and they said that, no, you have to draw blood, and they had various reasons why. So, over here, for our purpose to keep it up aim, he's clearly stating that a chabura is where the blood comes out of the skin, whether you see red blood on the surface or not, or you see a bruise, a black and blue mark. The fact that it didn't escape the skin is because these shratzim had thick skin. Uh, so it didn't come out, but it doesn't make a difference. That's considered chaval and hilchah Shabbos. Here's the, uh, one of the questions we haven't had an answer to yet. He makes the assumption, as does Shlomo Zalman and everybody talking about this, somebody knows what they're doing, there's no blood coming outside, and there's no bruise, but that's not considered chavala. So uh, you and I were uh, discussing, is very little blood that comes out? Yes. Very, very little? Yes. Sometimes a lot more. Sometimes it gushes, depending what they hit. Capillaries, arteries. Hope you don't hit a vein. Uh, it goes from very, very little to very messy. Every time you get a flu shot, they give you a little piece of cotton and a band-aid and a lollipop. Well, if you don't need the lollipop, they'll just give you the band-aid and the cotton ball. And uh, you put it on, and five hours later, you take it off. There'll probably be a dot of red there. That's blood. So I don't have a good answer. My conjecture is, doesn't sign up the word, is that that's so small and whatever's coming out is what it is and there's no gzera you're going to go deeper, so therefore that doesn't count. Don't look into the words that well. There is a drop of dam. They couldn't have not seen that then. They gave out cotton balls and band-aids in the 1940s also. And they had thicker needles then. They had thicker needles then, therefore what? It's, it's worse. 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 It's worse. Okay. So so they couldn't be, and Shalom Azama says the same thing. So I'm just trying to give shot what they're all assuming. I think it's... Uh, in the positive ways. There's very little, and the very little that's there is when you pierce the skin and you can't avoid it, and no one would have done any better, and therefore there's no gzeir. The small issue I have with that is I have asked uh, people who have given thousands of these, like the doctors sitting here, and they told me, which I think when we discussed this three, four weeks ago, you said just this week you had, was that you or was that uh, Seth? I asked both of you. You had a kid or two who, like, there was blood all over the place. Coming Seth, down the arms? What? Seth for sure. Seth for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll inform him. Uh, so uh, it was somebody, some doctor in Monroe, in this shul, you can never get it down to who it is. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I don't see children. Uh, what was that? I don't see children. Uh, you don't see children, okay. So uh, I said, what was it from? He said, it was larger than a tiny capillary. And uh, when we go in, we always make sure we're not in a vein because we don't want to be in a vein. So you got to pull back a drop. We did that. And I still hit something. What'd you hit? Um, a larger capillary. 
happens. It looks very messy. I didn't do anything wrong. I said, can you like feel around? It says, no, that means you're running an IV line. You look for a vein. Here, you just look for somebody. You go in. You, you don't start taking an MRI of the arm to see how, many, how large the capillaries are going in. So it's literally hit or miss. Most of the time, it's a very small amount. So small, I think you mentioned this, that it's really almost not discernible. The reason you give them a Band-Aid and the cotton ball is because if they wear white shirts, as some people in Monroe do and Muncie, you don't want them complaining later that a dot of blood got on the white shirt because it stains. So can it get messy? Yes, but that's still nobody's fault, and you couldn't prevent that. Now, one of you two, I wanted to ask you which one it was, said they have... Had a couple of times with all their experience that the kid or the adult, as you're about to stab, that's a positive <laughs> word, you're supposed to go quick, flinches, and you end up scraping straight down the arm, and you got to do it again. That wasn't you either. <laughs> so, what? You tell them not to jump, but it's probably not guaranteed. Is that rare? It's rare. Can it happen? It's not a pella. What? You have it all the time. Well, you see kids. Okay, you see kids. And adults, but, I, but mostly kids. Okay, and, and, and if they move, you end up taking a very sharp needle, and it, it didn't go where it's supposed to, and it goes down the arm, I don't do it on myself, and it scrapes them. And it's, well, it's also not just that, it's also the angle that you're injecting. When you're injecting the muscle, if, you, if they move, they flinch, the needle comes out a little bit as well. So from the other side? No, not from the other side. <laughs> no, I'm saying, that was the other doctor. No, I'm saying, could it go, could it go, I don't mean the other side of the arm, I mean, could it go through like you're threading it? Because you're injecting and they move, the needle comes out and you have to double inject slightly, which of course is a little more important. Okay, okay, so that's what I had heard from somebody around here in the show. we got a lot of physicians yeah. who won't, uh, and it happens. So I don't understand, and this is, okay, I don't have an answer to this, is that, they're, they're all, they spoke to doctors about the Shilas when they wrote the Shuvah, as I did before I gave Shir. They're not ruling it out. The Gemara is talking about a case you take out a splinter. So, what's the chance you're going to cut too much? You're going to you cut the skin and take out the splinter. So, you might cut a little bit more, it might be a little bit. That can happen here also. So, what does it help that there's very little blood and they're all saying, there's very little blood and he's going to repeat this a few times? And the Mumcha knows he's doing, he's going to cut more. Well, we just heard from two doctors who have done thousands of them that there is a shash. So I, I'm forced to say the shash is much lower. Statistically, you're going to cut more skin by taking out a splinter and you're a novice than a doctor will giving shots and every 1,000 people he'll only scrape one. Would that be a fair the statistic? Rug, the rug, I have a Band-Aid on a, on a shot? All the time. There's always blood on it. No, so that's what I'm saying. My first shot is that, that they're assuming that that tiny amount is what it always is. And when you pierce skin, we discussed this, when you pierce skin, matter of fact, I have a picture of the various layers of the epidermis and the other things there. When you pierce skin, you're breaking through capillaries. There's going to be blood. So, Even if you don't see anything in the cotton balls. As a matter of fact, we were discussing, I said, what comes out if you give enough time? It's a tiny hole. The things are very thin now, Baruch Hashem. There's something oozing out. Plasma, white blood cells. You won't see it unless you got the red blood cells. Now, you'll ask me, well, is that dumb? It happens to be, that might not be dumb. The Gemara talks about a case where you do ultra centrifuge. Did I, did I remember that correctly? And you have the stuff going down. You could separate, and the Gemara has a case where you separate the red blood cells and the white blood cells, and you put it back together. It doesn't have a dinner dumb. Which, if you remember, the last time we had that in Shear, believe it or not, was the Chuvas Hartsvi when it came to the powdered milk in the Chol of Yisrael. Does it have a din of milk? Is it part of the gzera? Is it not? It's not an exact dimion at all, but we discussed it then. 
even when you put it back together, suddenly when they're separated. So if all you see oozing out is some plasma, it gets so gory, uh, I don't see any blood, even though there's red blood cells, and that is the millions and millions of, but to see red, you have to have millions and millions and millions. You might not see that, but I don't think they're banking on that. So, so uh, uh, Mayer of Chukotinsky is saying that even the biggest mumch in the world is going to cause it, right? So the that's how I'm, that's how I'm touching them up. That you can't avoid this, but it doesn't answer my question totally because but, I'm okay with a drop of blood. So but we have doctors who are telling us with all their experience and all their schooling, sometimes they end up scraping all the way down when the guy moves. That guy could be his father. And sometimes they have to do a double shot and sometimes things can go wrong. So why wouldn't this be included in the Xeras? You'll say, statistically, it's a lot less. That's but, the only answer I have. What? But that's... If, if even the biggest mumche yeah. has 0001 percent, uh, yeah, but that's the xeris that gets somebody else. That's good for the shayla. The shayla over here is: is there any xera on this case? Maybe the xera was only on the non-mumche side. That's hard. We're going to see later the diukim and the lashanas and the ramam. It's pretty clear the xera is even on mumche. The son's a doctor, and he needs surgery. He needs his... Uh, the Mahabri had that lush. He needs his... Uh, leg amputator. He needs uh, his uh, appendix taken out. Whatever it. The doctor... He's getting a doctor. His son is a doctor. His daughter is a doctor, a nurse, whatever it is. And they're doing it. And they're just as good as anybody else. You have to get somebody else. The answer is yes. It wasn't Mukhra from the Gemara, from, from the, the, the Amaroim who didn't... They didn't have this. too many certified doctors in those times. Well, they, and they, they had blood letters who were professionals. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I hear what you say, but the Lashanis we had, and he's going to quote some of it later on as well, say that even if it's a doctor, it's still not mother. So you'll say, well, why not? The doctor's as good as anybody else. The answer is, if he's far better and is less dangerous, I'll certainly get the son according to Amal. But assuming all things are equal, the Gezerah is... Don't get the sun because as you take out the splinter, you might go a uh, hundredth of a set millimeter more and you cause more dam. So why don't we say that by a shot? And all the shame of here said, no, nah, shot, you got to really be not talented to mess that up. And it's just, you know, you're doing and you know what you're doing. I understand based on the reports I'm getting, there is a chance, unless you say, my only answer is that statistically it's so much lower that they're assuming it's not part of the Xavier. That's just the introduction, but the, the, the truth is going to follow these lines, and I'm still a little bit stuck why they're assuming that, but they are going to use that as a sniffle. Hokal and Mitzvah Shem on Monday, we will continue.